Hi, it's Lisa. Welcome back to The Healing Path, a podcast created to connect our broken hearts as we journey into honest conversations about grief and loss in our daily lives. Following the deaths of two of my children, I felt like I struggled for many years. I tried to fill the holes in my heart and I tried what seemed like everything, prayer, meditation, therapy, coaching, reading, journaling, begging, waiting, you name it. Plus, I tried a few less productive approaches. And after two decades of continuing to grieve, it occurred to me that maybe I'd set the wrong goal. Instead of trying to feel better by filling those painful voids, I've learned that building a life around them is a much more attainable target. A major part of this approach is talking openly about what my grief is like and helping others to do the same, so we don't have to keep it all to ourselves. With this newfound permission to let all the parts of us be here, we may just feel more human and less like a robot on autopilot. So I created the Healing Path podcast with the hope that sharing our stories in a mutually compassionate environment will help us to stop working so hard to hide our scars from ourselves and others and start wearing them proudly as the medals of love that they are. So thank you for joining this episode of the Healing Path podcast. Today, I'm chatting about a post uh, called Friend or Foe. Um, This was just posted today, November 16th, 2022. And the question is, friend or foe, how will you relate to your grief during the upcoming holidays? So the answer to this question seems obvious. Whether we lost a loved one long ago or just this year, we understand that grief has set in and it's part of us now. Even if we don't feel acceptant or open, anyone who's lost a loved one has felt some degree of grief when these holidays descend upon us each year. So this is a legit question. How will we relate to our grief? The answer is easy for me and my humble experience of unfortunately losing two children. It's not how I will relate to my grief, just that I will run from it altogether. Unfortunately, there are so many avenues that serve as escape routes that I might be able to pull off just ignoring it altogether. The fast pace of holiday preparations, travel, spending, and consuming can keep us numb for days, even the whole season, if we so choose. Whether we leave our bodies through overeating, spiked eggnog, or busying ourselves in whatever ways we can find is unimportant. The material facet is that we outrun our grief so we can enjoy ourselves, right? (laughs) Wrong. Full stop. I tried that. In fact, I did that for a dozen or a few dozen holiday seasons. I had lots of strategies to run, and here are a couple of them. Go to bed late. Go to bed early. Don't go to bed. (laughs) Don't get out of bed. Have a lot of company. Have no company. Stay home. Go out. Binge eat. Fast. Spend. Save. Take an early walk. Or stay in my pajamas until Black Friday comes. Not my favorite term, by the way. Also, shopping doesn't do it for me, so I stay home and protest. Prepare large feasts. Eat takeout. Watch movies. Watch the ceiling. Watch the insides of my eyelids. Those are just a few of the ways that I've attempted to outrun my grief, not only around this time of year, but as much as I hate to admit it, all year around. And what I know for sure is that it's a losing proposition. 
If you've lost someone you love, you get it. You may also have attempted to outrun your grief with these strategies and probably have many of your own. And they are all likely insufficient, like mine were. And if instead they're still working for you, enjoy that while you can. But for the rest of us, maybe we can try something new this year. If you're so inspired and can conjure up the courage, maybe you want to join me. Instead of burying my head in the proverbial sand for all the days between Halloween and my birthday in early January, I've decided to approach my grief as if it were an honored guest. I've chosen to invite it along wherever I go. I bring other emotional components too, like gratitude and joy and generosity. But when I'm checking the list of everything I know I'll need to participate in the holiday season, I'm committed to making sure my grief is present and accounted for. I've written about the audacious goal of learning to wear our scars as medals. We work so hard to cover our scars, even though they're as much a part of us as anything else. We shun them. We put makeup over them. We deny that they even exist. We imbibe, consume, and holiday it up. Not sure that's a word. (laughs) With all the parts of us, but our grief. We holiday it up with all the parts of us, but our grief. Then we wonder why the scars pop out or even come out screaming at Christmas Eve church service in the form of unbridled tears, apparent suffocation, and even full-on panic. Maybe you are familiar with this. The invitation this holiday season is to join me in hacking these sneak attacks by asking ourselves a few questions in advance, such as, number one, What would happen if I cradled my grief instead of denying it? Number two, could I feel less trapped if I learned to revere my grief instead of hating it? Number three, how can I open to the fullness of my emotional experience and not just the good, quote unquote, good stuff? And number four, is there a way to make space for my grief instead of feeling like it's a disease I can't heal from? So those are just a couple of questions um, that can get us thinking, but they're pretty petrifying. And as seasoned a griever as I am, just typing them on my iPad gives me anxiety. So if grief is new to you and this sounds and feels ridiculous, please discontinue reading or listening here. I understand that it can be too much to bear. But sitting on a pile of banished grief and pretending I'm on solid ground is also too much to bear. I've learned this at different times in my life. One of them just last year had me in such a low place, I didn't know if I would ever find my way out from under it. The pile of grief isn't absent just because I'm not into it or paying it any attention. It's there and it's still part of me. It's a permanent, tragic, and ecstatic part of me that grew incapable of being ignored. My recent profoundly challenging grief experience, once again, as it has done so many times, reminded me that my grief can either be the whole of my life or just a part, depending on how much respect and attention I'm willing to give it. If you know about grief, I am sending my sincere compassion, and I'm also sending what I hope to be a potential gift, and that is the gift of liberation. This is a process. 
It's not an act. It's not an event. But it's learning how to integrate our grief because it's the only path that I know from not living in fear all of the time. And no matter how long it takes to cultivate a different response, what I know for sure is that ignoring, denying, numbing, and even experiencing physical illness are all ways to avoid our grief. And some even work for a while, but they can't, they can't outpace profound grief. So what else can we do? That's the question. So here are a few ideas and ways you can try to operationalize this concept. It's, it's you know, the concept of allowing and even eventually inviting, that could be hard to imagine, but inviting our grief to breathe with us instead of trying to suffocate it. So here are a couple of ideas. Uh, number one, choose a particular clothing item, piece of jewelry, or even a small stone that you will dedicate to the inclusion of to the inclusion efforts toward your grief this season. It can be an understanding between you and your grief only that when you see it, wear it, or touch it, you are saying hello to it, saying hello to your grief. Another idea, schedule a weekly walk or hike that you routinely dedicate to your grief. Maybe you walk every day. If so, that's great. Just pick one day of the week and invite your grief to join you. As you walk, Perhaps you listen to something inspirational or a beautiful piece of music, even one that reminds you of your lost loved one. You don't have to say or do anything else. Just invite it along for the walk. If there's a particular beverage or entree that reminds you of your loved one, choose a time to shop for the ingredients, prepare and combine them, and then sit in full presence as you eat or drink this item. Delicious aromas just like old songs, can take us closer to that person no matter how much time has passed. The next one, candles, candles, and more candles. So be safe. But candlelight is a calming and steady way to invite your grief to join you in any room, at any time, for any occasion. There's a tenderness that dances from the flames of the candles. Each movement of the light is like the constant coming and going of time. This is how the moments pass one after the next, and it feels beautiful and also feels like an energetic representation of the parts of me I don't usually want to spend time with, but they're okay in the background. The last one uh, to try is called GX2, which stands for uh, generos- or G times two generosity and gratitude. Um, these are never fail <laughs> call them grief welcome wagons. Um, There are all kinds of magical miracles that happen in our undervalued brains when we're giving. And also when we're noticing in parentheses, appreciating or gratitude, you know, being grateful for someone or something. And there are endless ways to try this out. I've written a lot about these ways you can check out the blog search key um, to find anything on generosity and gratitude. So in summary, (laughs) I've got a takeaway and it's big. So if you haven't listened to anything else I've said, this is a great time to to uh, perk up. So in summary, our grief is the result of our loss, not its origin. Our grief is our response to our loss. Our grief did not ask to be here. It was born when someone died. It's part of us. 
And also, it intimately connects us to our deceased loved ones. Rejecting it is like rejecting ourselves, which is why it feels so bad. So whatever you may be facing this holiday season, you are not alone. Unfortunately, tragedy happens every second. But the good news is, that means there are a lot of us out here trying to learn how to live in a world absent of our children or our parents, friends or spouses or coworkers. So we're all in good company here. And please share any strategies you found to be effective or ineffective uh, around this time of year or anytime in the comment section. We love to hear from you. So thank you for joining this episode of the Healing Path Podcast. And yeah, today we're answering this question, or at least asking it, how are we going to relate to our grief through this holiday season that's quickly approaching, um, and also, of course, beyond. So how how are we going to relate to it? And, you know, I am going to muster up this courage that I talked about. I hope I'm not alone. And I'd love to hear from you if you <laughs> want to dip your toe in this kind of um, adventure slash experiment with me. Um, but I'm tired of running and you know, I did have some a situation last year where uh, all that running finally, you know, it caught up to me. It may have taken 25 years, but it did catch up to me. And I want to enjoy this holiday season to the extent that I can. And in order for that to be possible, I have to allow my whole self to show up. So the only way to really do that is to s- try to shift this um, foundation of rejection and hating and resisting and bracing against um, to one of, of comfort and welcoming and love. I understand that this can be counterintuitive. It certainly was for me, but each day that I tried to do it a little bit more, um, it feels more and more like the right thing. And that is um, to let to let my grief be part of this holiday season and part of my every day by making time for it. Um, I have a couple of suggestions on the on the blog and I shared them in the podcast. But really, I mean, our grief, uh, this really is a big aha for me. So our grief, it's the it's the reason it's our reaction to our loss. It's not the loss. So there was a post I wrote maybe back in the spring of 2022 um, about, you know, it's okay to make peace with the result of something like what comes from it without making peace with the tragedy itself. I can't exactly remember the name of the post, but it's in there. And it's the same idea that, look, our grief, grief didn't ask to be here. What a miserable existence, right? Nobody wants it. Nobody wants to talk about it. We cover it up. We, <laughs> we, we're embarrassed by it. It weakens us or we feel that it weakens us somehow or compromises our ability to do things. It, I wouldn't want to be grief either, but grief didn't ask to be here. It came about when there was a death. And when there was a death, grief was born within us. And as we move through our lives, and I'm now in my early 50s, as we move through our lives, what we find is there's a lot of grief that we can accumulate over time, which can be very threatening if it's on our back, but can be very comforting if it's in our arms. And so the point of this podcast and a lot of the work that I'm doing is to try to just encourage us to get ahead of this reaction game that we've been playing 
probably since our loved one died, which is, you know, you get that initial insult or impact of a crash. And then it's like, okay, so what happens next? And what I'm here to say is we don't want to, when we're creating, you know, life after that death or that loss, we don't want to let go of the love. We don't want to let go of the closeness and the memories, because even though they're painful, pain and suffering not the same thing. So even though they're painful, they're also our connection, our intimate, our, our intimate energy current really with people that have died. So it's almost like if I'm going to deny my grief and pretend it's not there, it's almost like I'm just disrespecting myself or not even acknowledging that I am alive, which is how you can get really depressed if you're interested. So thank you again for joining this episode of The Healing Path. And please um, you know, be easy with expectations of yourself and particularly, you know, actually not even particularly at whatever level of grief you're at, you need to take care of yourself. So by asking some of these questions and putting some strategies in place, maybe just maybe you can open the, the door a little bit to allow your grief to have a place at the table and to give it the respect it deserves. And to remember that we didn't choose it, but it didn't choose us either. So compassion for our grief is important too. In the meantime, let's try to stay present, stay grateful, and stay healing. And I'd love to hear from you, um, anything you may have going on around the holidays, strategies that have been helpful, strategies that don't work too are also good to, to learn about. Um, that's what the comment section is for at lisamcfarland.com. I hope you have a wonderful uh, rest of the week, and I look forward to talking holiday prep again soon. And as always, I thank you so much for listening.